Unnecessary Roughness with 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the national championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., the bye week is finally over. Uh, I know as players, there's great value in that. I was never a huge fan of the bye week just because I like the rhythm. Um, If you're dinged up, you're hurt. Gives you that extra time. You don't have to miss a game. You're just so old school, aren't you? You just um, loved working and grinding. And no, no, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just like the rhythm, the schedule of the season, and and I don't like to, to deviate from it until the season's over. And it now, um, you know, it again, it's a little bit different these days than it was back then. Players are not playing hurt. Um, I don't think as much as they used to. But that's really not the point. Um, the point is, in the in the off week, was the trade deadline. The only player that the Lions added was Donovan Peoples Jones, former formerly of Michigan, uh, the Cleveland Browns, and now obviously he's coming home. He's from Detroit, uh, which you know plays no no bearing on this other than the fact that he is going to get a chance to play in front of of some of his friends and family. But your thoughts on making the trade for DPJ? What does he add to this offense? Uh, I think he adds another potential weapon. Um, you know, certainly tries to fill in that spot that uh, it's. We know this team has loved. You know, with the DJ Chark kind of role, a guy that can uh, a bigger receiver on the outside that can maybe threaten downfield. Uh, maybe maybe a spot that you know, quite frankly, you were hoping Jamison was going to eventually uh, evolve into. Um, and look, we all know that that connection with Jameson Williams just is still a work in progress yeah. right now. I think this was a thing that a move that they said, we've got a proven veteran. We've got a guy that we think we can go get right now to come help us. Um, you're giving up really next to nothing. What was right. it a six round pick, you know, next year's, year's draft, right? If that, if that works out for you, obviously that could be a, a huge, uh, huge upside. But I, I looked at it as, uh, you know, just add more pieces to the puzzle. I think that that receiver room was, a uh not not a concern but if you're looking at the team in totality saying where can we get better i think receiver was definitely up there um and look i think like coach said worst case scenario now if you got a guy go down to miss two to four weeks right if reynolds is 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 going to be out if if heaven forbid you lose you know st brown for a couple weeks uh you've got another proven veteran that you can rely on to go out there and not have to change uh the complete offense so i think look upside i mean you know the ceiling maybe he can be a, a number two number three guy that's going out there and giving you you know 40 45 snaps a game and, and bringing down five six seven catches um you know at, at minimum i think he's gonna definitely add hopefully a spark uh in the special teams i mean he's been a guy that's returned punts he's returned kickoffs uh he's got some speed uh and and he can add some depth that you might need so i i didn't mind the move um the selfish fan in me i think like a lot of people would have loved to see maybe a splash, a heavier, splashier yeah. move when we saw, you know, especially with some of the pass rushers moving around. But uh, this team, I think they said, look, we, we're going to add a piece that that we're comfortable with. And I think they were counting on improving the roster from within. Once we get back from the bye, we're going to get Montgomery back. We're going to get Jonah Jackson back. We're going to get Frank Ragnow back. Uh, eventually, hopefully, we get James Houston back. Yeah. I think that was a big part of, of uh, why they didn't feel the need to 
maybe make a gigantic move because they they're looking to to improve from what they already have. Yeah, and you know, in terms of the pass rusher, uh, that's one thing that we kind of all wanted was it's got to be the right character, uh, it's got to be the right price, and it's got to be the right skill set. And if those things, if they, if that individual didn't fulfill all of those requirements, they weren't going to go out there. There's a lot of guys out there that hate the right character and the right performance, but maybe not at the right price in terms of draft picks given up. And we saw, um, you know, who was, who was it that went to uh, the bears? Um, sweat. Sweat, sweat, yeah. um, and he signed a new contract. Maybe, maybe that was already in the works with the trade. And the price of giving him that new contract and the, and what you would have had to give up for him wasn't what the Lions wanted to do. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we don't did. know what they offered. We don't know what they tried to do. I mean, yeah. there could have been a scenario where, you know, Washington said, hey, we want a two for sweat. And maybe Detroit said, we'll give you a two. Uh, Chicago said, we'll give you a two. I mean, better. that's that's about 20 spots higher. Yeah. Right. You just say, OK, we're not going to overpay for him. If you got a better price, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, you know, I was I, like I said, the selfish fan in me, of course, all of us want, you know, the best names out there and we want to be the most aggressive team. But this team clearly has a plan. They're in year three of their plan. They're still building the roster. I think the the foundation of this team, they want to bring in the right type of guys maybe before they start to take. Uh, some of those riskier moves, which I think hopefully, you know, next year might be the year where they say, you know, this is the year we go out. Year three is where we want to compete for the division. Year four is where we want to turn into a legit contender. But they're a little bit outpacing <laughs> their own expectations. Ahead of schedule. But I think next year might be the year where you can say, okay, we've got enough solid foundation that maybe we can start taking a couple chances on guys that, you know what, I don't want to babysit my kids during the week, but I'm glad they're on my side on Sunday. That that might be the time to do it. And I think that was pretty clear with with what Dan and both Brad said, you know, over the bye week that, hey, we've got a plan. We're kind of sticking to our plan right now. We're comfortable with where we're at. And, you know, we're not going to deviate for that. We're not going to we're not going to, you know, jump at the at the carrot dangling right in front of our face and and maybe jeopardize the plan going into year four and five. We're just going to stay the course. And uh, I think that's that's something that, look, I think it's admirable that that guys are able to do that and say, you know, we've got a plan. We're going to stick to it. Yeah. DPJ is not the not a number one receiver. And then I'm bringing him in as a number one receiver. But it's twofold for me. It does add depth at that position. Um, and if. You know, he's a guy that last year, now his numbers dropped off this year, and we don't really know why that is. I, I haven't dissected the, the Cleveland Browns offense. A ton of quarterback issues over there. Too. Yeah, but he last year he was a guy that had 60-plus catches. You add that type of talent to the to this room, and if somebody does go down, they had to fill the void left by Marvin Harrison, uh, and it's – I'm sorry, not Marvin Harrison. Um, uh, is it, help me out here. Who was it that just stepped away from football? Oh, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jr. Jones. Yeah. yeah. So Marvin Jones, um, you know, when he stepped away, it opened up a spot in that wide receiver room. And now you've got a guy that come in with proven production can be a, a, a big target for you down the field. And he also provides that depth. As you mentioned it, if Khalif Raymond goes down um, all of a sudden, now you've got a guy that can step in and return kicks um, as well as being a, a wide receiver. But, the one area that I wanted to see this team improve on is in the red zone. And I think DPJ is a guy that can help you in the red zone. Is he going to be your number one target? No, that's still going to be a Monroe St. Brown, but he's a big receiver. He's a big target. It gives you another body to throw the ball to somebody that maybe be able to go up and get it um, and try and improve the production in the red zone. But let's shift our focus now to the task at hand. And that's going out to LA 
you're going to be with the team uh, as they take on the Chargers. What have you seen from the Chargers? They're a team with a lot of potential, a lot of talent, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL and Justin Herbert, but they're four and four and they lose, they continually lose games that they shouldn't lose. And their defense is really good. Yeah. They, they always seem to make a couple mistakes here and there that are like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, having a lead yeah. and going forward on fourth and four from your own 20 yard line late in the game. It's like, okay. Right. A little bit risky, a little bit aggressive, uh, but you're right. I mean, I look at the talent and these are always kind of tough games to, uh, to scout, to try to get into a rhythm of, because you only play these teams once every four years, uh, you know, with the cross division or the cross conference. Um, these aren't familiar teams. Um, so you're going to have to dive in a little bit more to the scouting part of it, to the trying to pick up on, you know, the tendency part of it, because you, you haven't played Justin Herbert, right? And that luckily you're coming off a of bye week. I know the coaches probably put in not only a ton of time self-scouting themselves and the issues that they have and corrections they need to make, but a couple extra days on seeing what, what you can do against the Chargers. I, I look at him. I think, you know, defensively, I think it's a really good defense. I do. They can get after the passer. Yep. I think they're second in the league on sacks. you got Bosa. You've got Khalil Mack. You've got the rookie. Uh <laughs> Tui Palolo, I want to yeah. say. Good, good, yeah, yeah. We know what you're talking about. I get yeah. those names. I butcher the hell out of those names. Yeah. He's a hell of a pass rusher. Uh, they've got Morgan Fox is a guy that I think he's got five and a half sacks, kind of a third down. They can get after the passer. If you if you let them, you know, get you into second and longs and third and longs and uh, you know a, a, a ten point, you know, a two score drought uh, where you have to be one dimensional, they can they can make you pay. They can make you hurt. Uh, they're a solid tackling team, man. Eric Hendricks and um, Kenneth Murray, linebackers. Yeah. Derwin, Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the league. I look at their defense and I say, they're pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a challenge uh, offensively. You look at their offense, though, and you say, yes, Herbert is uh, a hell of a quarterback. He's a very legit guy. He's got a cannon for an arm. Um, I just don't really see an identity when it comes to their offense right now. It kind of looks like... They just kind of run it once in a while to try to, you know, keep you honest, honest. but they want to throw the ball, uh, you know, 80% of the game. And hell, if you got Justin Herbert, I mean, it'd be hard to kind of deviate from that anyways. But if you take away the deep shots, if you take away the big plays, I think that's something that this Chargers team relies on. They want to rely on getting the ball downfield, uh, trying to get the ball over your safety sets. If you're able to keep everything in front of you and, and say, you know what, we're willing to surrender some yards, uh, you know, between the 20s. And when we get in the red zone, we're just going to try to lock you up and try to, you know, really stifle down on defense. I think that's got to be the plan when you play against this Chargers team because they're going to be – they've got, a, uh, you know, plenty of potential and plenty of talent when you talk about Keenan Allen, when you talk about Austin Eckler, uh, guys that can be explosive as hell. If you just keep them in front of you, uh, it's going to be okay, right? And there's always – I go back to kind of a game, you know, last year. I think it was maybe Minnesota the second time we played them at home. And, I mean, Justin Jefferson was going off for, you know, 230 yards, I think it was. But you you, you lock down in the, the red game. zone, right? It's yeah. like I don't give a shit how many yards you get. As long as we keep you the field goals, as long as we keep you out of the end zone, man, we're going to have a, we're gonna have a great chance to win this game. I kind of look at this game as being similar. I don't think you're going to go out there and completely stymie uh, this Chargers offense, but the situational football is going to have to be at a premium. You're going to have to be really good on third downs. You're going to have to be really good uh, in the red zone, and you're going to re really have to be good at taking care of the football. That's something that we obviously saw last time we saw this team 
they got away with it now with the three turnovers we saw yeah. against the Raiders. Um, you're kind of playing with fire a little bit when you start playing some of these better, more talented teams. Uh, one one turnover, two turnovers, certainly three turn- turnovers is not – yeah, it's going to be absolutely uh, lethal to what you're trying to do, especially offensively. So I think I look at all those three aspects and I say Lions are going to have to find a way to improve. Now we know the turnovers – you know, have kind of been an issue, right? Haven't really bit them in the ass yet, yeah. but that's something you gotta, you gotta, you gotta nip in the butt real quick, man. Like you cannot keep uh, continuing down that trend. And obviously, the red zone, the offense is going to have to find a way to start executing better. I, I don't want to say, you know, more creativity because I think we've seen that at times. We saw it last game. You know, they called a kind of double pass, yeah. and Amon Rodgers didn't Dan see it, that. and and he said that it when they ran it in practice. They went from uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's reads were from the outside in. And I think it was, I think it was Josh Reynolds was the outside yep. receiver. He was covered and he just didn't go inside to, uh, was it Khalif Raymond? That yeah, was, it was wide Khalif, open. Yeah. He just didn't go from one to two, which you would expect a quarterback to do. I'm not sure I want Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> no, you don't want him reading the defense. Or third read. Yeah, especially with so, no blockers out yeah, there. That's... I get it. And, you know, the but the coaching point there would have been okay if it's not there. Throw the damn ball right. Away. You throw it. I think that's. I think it's really three options on that play. It's a first option if Reynolds open, you throw it. Second option if you got room, you run it. Third option, nothing throw there, away. throw it away. Right. Um, and that was a big play in that game because it took him from second and one, I think, back to like third and twelve. Yeah. You know, those are killers in the red zone, man. Those are hard to hard to uh, hard to pick up. But I, I want to see. I think a little bit more quick hitters down in the red zone, right? I think the last couple games, especially going back watching the film, there's a lot of kind of these long developing counter plays and long developing maybe draw plays. It's like I, I want to see him get downhill a little bit more because you don't really have time in the red zone with the safeties now you know playing seven eight yards off right the corners everything's kind of compacted you don't really have a time a lot of time to let those long developing plays uh develop you know and so i think that might be a change we see uh a little bit this week and also i want to see you know if there's if they can find ways to you know, try to utilize one-on-ones more, you know, how can you get Laporta split out, uh, you know, wide with maybe a one-on-one chance against the safety or a linebacker, right. And utilize uh, his skill set. I think those are going to be some things uh, definitely to look for this week, but they're going to have to get better in the red zone. This is a team against the chargers where you you keep settling for too many field goals. Again, I think that's going to be kind of the recipe for the chargers as well uh, to sneak out a win. So we're going to see what kind of improvements they've made. We're going to see what kind of self scouting they've done. Uh, It'll be interesting for me, John, really offensively speaking uh, to see what kind of tendency breakers we see this week, because I, I, I don't want to say teams have really been locking in on the offensive game plan or their execution, but you can start to see a lot of patterns developing with this offense. And, hey, every time they do this, they do that uh, type of issue. So I want to see what kind of wrinkles Ben Johnson has uh, coming out of the bye week this week. Well, here's here's a wrinkle I'd like to see down in the red zone, especially, you know, this team is going to get healthy. Offensive line should be back to full strength. Frank is back. Jonah Jackson's back. Uh, Graham Glasgow has earned the right to, to, to have that starting right guard job. So you're going to be at full strength. You get Montgomery back in the backfield. I would love to see them split everybody out. Have Montgomery in the backfield, but then you've got Laporta, as you mentioned, split out. How do they match up with that defensively? Uh, Jameer Gibbs, split him out. I would love to see him uh, matched up on a linebacker. Then you've got Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, you have the opportunity. If you want to go and split everybody out, then you throw DPJ in there as another red zone target. You could split everybody out. 
And if you know, have the 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 run play action or the the run pass option at the line of scrimmage, and then it's up to Jared Goff to get the team in the best play possible. Yeah, if they're split out, hey, hand it off to Montgomery. Let him quick hitter pound it on the inside, or pick out one of those matchups on the outside, the most favorable matchup. If you got Jameer Gibbs with the linebacker, if you've got uh, you know Sam Laporta with the linebacker, if you like the matchup because Amon Ross St. Brown is your best receiver for a reason. Throw him the damn ball, yeah, and 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 make it happen. So, and and even at midfield, I think that's an option to be able to get Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery on the field at the same time with Laporta, with uh, you know the the weapons that they have. Amon Ross St. Brown, I I too am looking for this offense in the second half of the season to be much more creative. Now that they have confidence in. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, that they can get him the ball in a number of different ways and let him go out there and play. You don't want to hold him back. You don't want to limit his touches just because Montgomery's there, but Montgomery should be able to complement what Gibbs is doing or vice versa. And then all of a sudden, it takes all of the pressure off of J-Mo. And you could use him as you see fit, get him in the game. And Dan Campbell has mentioned this before. They're not asking him or or even wanting him to go out there and blow the top off and say, this is my coming out party. Nine catches, 200 yards, a Justin Jefferson type of game like you mentioned earlier. But all of a sudden, you start hitting all of these other targets, and then you put JMO out there, and you throw him the ball downfield, and he has a chance to go make a play. I think that's where you could take some pressure off of him, and he can be the player that you want him to be and doesn't have to be the focal point of this offense. Yeah, I don't think you need to really feel the the need to force the ball to Jamison Williams, right? I think we've kind of just seen that the him. last couple games, right? It's kind of, hey, just get him the ball, right? Let's see what he can do, right? And, and unfortunately, like I said, that connection just hasn't been a strength right now. Now, I think both of us will sit here and say we're not giving up hope on that. I think there's certainly time for them to develop that. But you just say where you're at at the point of the season, you're week 10. Like at this point, you just roll with your reliable guys. You you roll with, you know, what's been working. And like I said, if you can take pressure off of Jamison Williams where you're not asking him to do too much, right? But now he's got to do his part too, where he do, when he does get those opportunities, he's got to make them count. Um, so I think that'll be the big thing with him. But I wanted to finish up and just ask you a question real quick. We, this team's obviously six and two right now, but right about the halfway point. I know we can't split it in half now with the seventeenth game. Yeah, half time um, of this game will be halfway. right. Yeah, but in, in your opinion, who do you think needs to step up the most uh, on this team? We'll just say the team in general uh, for this team to not only continue to stay hot, but by the time December and January come around, really have a chance of making some noise? Well, I'm going to give you two guys, um, and they're both on defense. And to me, it's, it's Aiden Hutchinson. And, I, and it's when you say he needs to step up, he's been doing everything he can to be good. And he has been putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. He's He's got four and a half sacks, and I say he's only got four and a half sacks because he's a guy that needs to get – home more often and whether it's against uh, Trey Pipkins the third um, <laughs> I always love it when a guy is the third uh, I think that's a matchup that Aiden Hutchinson needs to win and and I say that because you know do I think he's going to be one-on-one with him at times and when he is he has to take advantage of it when he's not if it's a chip from a running back, from a tight end, from a wide receiver, it's a motion, whatever it is, he's got to find a way to defeat defeat some of those uh, double teams. We talk about it all the time. 
and guys that are really good edge rushers. They find a way to still defeat, not every time, but to defeat some of those double and triple teams. The other guy it, to me is John Kaminsky. Yeah. And I'm not expecting him to go out there and put up historical numbers. It's not that type of player. But to be a threat on the other side, we have not heard much from John Kaminsky this year. And if he can go out there and just be effective, be a threat, be somebody that has to be accounted for, now all of a sudden you've got Aline McNeil with four sacks on the inside. He's played well. You've got Aiden Hutchinson on the other side. There needs to be somebody over there. And maybe it's, hey, it, it could be committee. Kaminsky, uh, pick one of the Okwaras. Somebody on the other side needs to step up and be a threat. Yeah, you took my player on defense. I think it's Kaminsky all day. I think, um, and look, I don't think he's playing bad, um, but I think he needs to start having a bigger impact on games, much like what we saw uh, in the second half of last year, right? And I know that he's kind of been in the same boat with Hutchinson at times where, man, he's getting close and he's getting the pressures and he's getting there, but, you know, just, something's missing when it comes to, you know, bringing the guy down. Um, I think he's got to step up because like what we said, where they, they didn't go out and get another pass rusher, right? They didn't bring in any help uh, from, from the outside. They're looking on guys on the inside that are going to step up and start showing that they're reliable and that they're consistent. I think John Kaminsky perfectly fits that bill because we've seen him do it before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We know what type of player he is. Uh, we know how much better the defense is when he's on the field. Uh, he's just got to start making some of those splash plays and not asking him to go out there and get two sacks a game. But if you can make one or two plays a game uh, that ultimately make a difference at whether it's a third down or maybe in the red zone, you get a big stop. Those are game changing plays. So I think he's my candidate on defense that uh, would like to see him, you know, start having a bigger factor. And I think look offense, I'm going to stick with Jared Goff. I think he's been good. Uh, I think there's, there's still been a few too many kind of silly mistakes um, I think that th this team, the talent level uh, has, you know, at times made their error margin of error a lot bigger. You don't have to be perfect anymore to go out there and win games, which is certainly something uh, that we've seen throughout the first eight weeks. But I think he's a guy that really needs to take it to a new level. Um, if this team wants to continue the expectation of, hey, this is our division. Uh, hey, we might have a chance at the two seed might have a chance at the one seed uh, depending on how well we play. I think it's going to rest in Jared Goff's arms. And I think that like we talked about all you know, we, we mentioned this quite a bit. It's not always the teams that start the season the best. It's the teams that find a way to continue to get better in November and in December, when you start working towards that playoff football, who's hitting their stride at the right time. A lot of times, uh, that that that's going to be the teams that are, you know, probably the last team standing. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how Jared Goff continues to play. And I think, look, this week's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, he's certainly been better on the road, I think, this year than he has been in the past. But I think this is going to be a really tough road test. If he's a guy that can step up, take his game to a new level, make the throws that are there, stay confident, stay on time, and take care of the football, I think the rest of this team has proven that they're talented enough uh, to go out there and, and and help win games. So I look at I look at Jared Goff. I want to see him take it to a new level as well. So let's wrap it up. Who wins? I think what well, the Lions are favored by three the last I saw, which three, uh three, let's give it three and a hook. Three and a half. I don't want to push. Yeah, I mean that is uh kind of surprising to me. I think these teams are pretty even to be honest with you, talent wise at least. Um, uh, you know what? I think the Lions get it done. I do. 
I, I, I don't know, man, that three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to say they there. win, but I, I, I think they don't cover. I, I think they win by a field goal. You know what? I think this is going to be a walk-off Riley Patterson 28-20, you know, 30-28 type that. of win. I'm, you know what? I think that I'm not very comfortable saying it, but I think <laughs> I, I'm trying to will it. I'm trying to will it into existence yes. to try to make us feel better moving the rest of the season yeah. forward to see him nail a game-winning kick. I, I think the Lions do get it done. Uh, look, they're coming off a bye. They're getting healthy at the right time. Um, you know, Chargers, yeah, we, they played Monday night on the East Coast, right? They're kind of missing a day or two of yep. of rest themselves. I, I think this is a great opportunity for this team uh, to show that what, what they did in the first half was not by mistake. This is who they are. And uh, for me, this is a game that I think you go out to the West Coast and you take care of. Seven and two would be pretty damn nice. Um, so, hey, TJ uh, will, and I will be back on Monday uh, to recap, I, I believe, although it's going to be a late game. Are you going to be able to – Make it in uh, on Monday? Yeah, we should be all right. Okay. As long as we don't have any plane issues. Don't be tired, but I'll yeah. be here. All right. Well, we'll we'll bring you the uh, the breakdown of the game uh, early next week. Uh, we'll plan on Monday as long as the plane arrives on time. Uh, thanks for listening to uh, Necessary Roughness.